Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Howard Reback with us, having gone through the tunnel and made it out the other side successfully. Howard Reback is a gambling survivor who has seen it all. After 25 years of hard gambling, Howard overcame his own addiction and is living proof that an addiction can be cured quickly and permanently. Howard has built a new career as a counselor, television and radio personality, court-appointed therapist for those in real financial trouble, those trying to avoid jail, for example, for possible fraudulent acts. And Howard's experience led him to create a very unique approach to treating compulsive gambling based on practical methods and proven results. Here he is back on Coast to Coast. Howard, welcome back. How have you been? George, so good to talk to you. I'm doing great. Thank you. I, I love the intro, but it does it does bring tears back to my eyes every time I hear someone mention what I was and who I was and Look in the mirror now and see what's happening with my life. It's uh, it's quite a 180. And Howard, for the benefit of new listeners, tell them who you were. Well, who I was was somebody who is not alive and kicking now, thank God. I was, and I say this to your 2 million plus listeners out there in Radio Land. That three, I was 3 million, with. Howard, 3 million. Three, oh. You see, I'm not good with numbers. That's why I lost to the casino. <laughs> I was, I was, I was somebody. Three million listeners. I was somebody who ate, breathed, and lived the world of gambling. Could not get enough of it. To me, it was, it was my oxygen, and it took me to places in this world that I thought I could never be, mentally, physically, family-wise, friend-wise financially and it has literally shaken me to the core to the point that when somebody comes to speak to me about the world of gambling and the addiction that they possibly might have I would work with them around the clock until I could shake all those gambling addiction demons out of them literally it had done such a number on me that when I think back to the days when we're going back 
well, 40 plus years almost. And I think about what the world of gambling has done to me and what it's doing to me right now that I've jumped across the fence and I'm on the good side of the world of gambling, which, of course, we'll get to soon. It's an amazing addiction. It's something that you can't see, you can't smell, you can't taste. It's called the silent addiction, and I lived a lie for many years. I hurt many people, specifically myself, and I will take the opportunity right now, uh, being in Montreal on the East Coast at 3 o'clock in the morning, to thank friends and family who have either stayed up late to listen to this show or who are up early listening to the show. And for those I hurt, I apologize every single day in more ways than anybody could imagine. Gambling is a game. Gambling is supposed to be for fun and for the 5 to 8% of those that it bites in the rear end and takes their life and mangles it as it did to me. Those are the people I'd like to help. Gambling in itself, like drinking, like smoking, done recreationally, and yes, that is possible. I do believe in that. Is great, but somehow it gets under the skin of a handful of people, and it's tough. It's tough to get out of that, George. Right. Really. And Howard, what is the definition of recreational gambling? I think recreational gambling would be a couple going to the casino once a month, a few hundred dollars in your pocket if you can afford that, really go out and have fun as you would spend money on dinner or a show, go to the casino, gamble online, as we say, for a kibitz, just to enjoy yourself, have a winning dream in your pocket until the game is over. That would be recreational gambling. And, and I must tell you that, thank God, the majority of people who do gamble that is the definition of what it is that happens. It is recreation, and that is fine. It doesn't affect your life. It doesn't affect your purchasing power. It doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't ruin your family life. It won't make a hole in the bank account that you have. But it's the other, as I said, 5 to 8% of those who let the world of gambling out of control. That's what this is all about, and, and I, I want to thank you very, very much for allowing me the couple of hours tonight and this morning to speak for those that can't speak for themselves because there are a lot of people are living living in a dark corner, George, and it's uh, it's not fun. And I say that only because I was one of them. How many addicted gamblers, Howard, want out of what they're in? That's a, that's a very interesting question. Uh, let's do the math backwards. They say whoever they are, and I'm not a huge guy believing in statistics all the time, but being in Canada and the majority of our listeners being in the States, the numbers pretty much are prorated. It's about the same. So if we use a figure of, say, 6% of those that gamble have a problem, I think in my heart of hearts that anybody that is a pathological and sick gambler, as I was, I think deep, deep down, George, they do want to stop. I've never met somebody who was a pathological gambler, meaning five days a week, seven days a week at the casino and or gambling online for big money. I don't think anybody that does that to that extent really does not want to 
break the addiction. The problem is that they can't. That's the problem. But I, I don't think anybody that smokes two packs of cigarettes a day really enjoys and wants to continue to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. I know that I didn't. I wanted out the second I knew that I was sick, but I couldn't. I mean, it's fun going to Vegas once in a while, having a great time, getting a nice hotel room. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, absolutely! You're 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 making me flip through my Rolodex right now and wanting to call my agent in the morning. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's it, it's it's look who who would not want to go to to Sin City for for three four days and you can't stay longer unless you're a resident or two. Um, or two. Or two. <laughs> or two, right, exactly. Who would not love to go to a place where the only reason to stay in the room is to shower and to sleep for 20 minutes? It's fantasy land for adults. I mean, Vegas, Atlantic City, but let's use Vegas as you just said because Vegas is one of a kind. And it is Disneyland for adults, right? And who, who would not want to go to Disneyland if you're nine years old? I agree. It's when you lose yourself and then you're paying the price long after the plane lands back in the city from which you left from. And you're paying a heavy financial price. Well, as I tell people, Howard, right. Vegas was not not built by winners. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm laughing inside that you mentioned that, George, because you mentioned that when I was on a few months ago. And I must tell you, I've quoted you at least once a week. And, man, you are bang on with that comment. Exactly. Exactly started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So a lot has been happening on this planet in the last uh, couple of years. We've gone through a pandemic and everything else. Emotions are up and down. Are you seeing an increase or a decrease in gambling? I'm seeing an increase, George. I would say that since the pandemic so-called is over, that the uptick with gambling, specifically sports gambling, is is still on the rise, and I really, in fact, don't know where or how it's it's going to end. If we take uh, roughly the last eighteen months uh, since, yeah, I'd say spring of twenty two, eighteen months that people have sort of found more semblance in their life, have gone back to their lives, whatever that means in the new world, as you just said, gambling is still on the rise. Sports gambling online is way up. Lottery ticket sales are way up. The attendance at casinos, that's about the same, but that's because there's more online gaming. So in totality, George, the world of gambling is still is still growing. It still is. It's incredible. What was your game of choice? My game of choice is the same age I wish I was today, and that would be blackjack. Um, to me, aside from the money, it was the, the excitement, the so-called counting of the cards, but apparently I wasn't as good as I thought I was because I, I didn't win that much. Um, blackjack was my game, and it, and it still is. Um, I just love, I love the math behind it. Uh, I like the game uh, when it can be played quickly. The, the little bit of camaraderie, although I never really liked playing with what I called Bobo players who really can't count to 21. I, I always said, if you can't count to 21, I don't think blackjack should be your game. Right. But that, that, that was my game, blackjack. Yeah. It's always frustrating to have somebody next to you who doesn't really know how to play screw up the cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? I, oh, man, do I, 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 I giggle because, well, uh, I giggle because when you say what you just said, it resonates in my mind and brings back all the memories. And when you're sitting with somebody who's playing blackjack and they cannot count to 21, um, it's it's pretty sad. I mean, having a gambling addiction is sad enough. Having a gambling addiction and not being able to count, that's a little bit sadder. Exactly. Some people say, depending on how much money one comes with to a gambling casino, if they can afford to lose it so far, they're not addicted. That's not necessarily true though, is it? It's again, it's, it's a great question and, and, and it's a great point. I, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, Shaq on TV being interviewed about gambling, Michael Jordan, uh, Nicholson. And, and if somebody can afford to lose a million dollars a weekend at the high end, they would say, don't worry about it, I can afford it. I still think that's a sickness beyond, beyond, beyond. If everybody knows in their heart of hearts what they can play with, 
what they can afford. And again, this is not just limited to to gambling at a at a named casino. This goes for anybody online gambling too. You know that if you want to spend twenty bucks a week on lottery tickets, as my late mom used to do, it didn't change her life. She enjoyed herself, as I said before, and I like to always say, if you want to carry a dream in your purse or your pocketbook for a couple of days and check the numbers at the end of the week, that's fine. That's not going to hurt anybody unless, of course, forgive me, if the 25 bucks a week will hurt you, that's not what I meant. But you, 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 your listeners understand what I'm saying. If you can just do it as recreation, as we said at the top of the hour, and just have fun, that's great. But Deep down, everybody certainly knows what their budget is, be it for gambling or for food or, or what kind of car they could buy. Everybody knows deep down what they should be doing and what they can afford. I you mentioned sports betting, and it seems to be growing in this country with states approving it left and right because they want their tax money. Well, I, um, I usually begin my lecture by saying to everybody in the audience that the body of people that have the biggest addiction is the government, and they're addicted to money. And that held true when they legalized gambling. That held true when they turned from prohibition to saying, one minute, we can make money on booze. Let's legalize it. And that's, that's all true. If you took away, and this, this, this fact that I've checked in, in, in every province up here in Canada and or in the states, every province or state, if you were to remove income tax, alcohol sales, gambling revenues, which is now, by the way, in 45 states at the 50, when I started playing, it was in two. If you took away all that net income, I think every state, every province, and both of our countries would be bankrupt. And by the way, I'm not so sure that they aren't already on paper, but could you imagine, George, taking away all that money from the coffers? Oh, my God. I, I, I mean... Look, I, I think the American deficit right now, forgive me, it's about $32 trillion. I mean, I, can you imagine if they didn't take in all that extra revenue from gambling? That would be in trouble. Well, well you, we, we'd be in more trouble. I think we already are. But the, the revenues, I mean, I have, I have the, the wherewithal. I'm, I'm privileged to, to work, and I'll get to this soon, hopefully, if we have time. I work with a number of casinos, and the, the profits... On, on, on the gambling, or rather in the gambling world, is not only wonderful, and as I always say, that, that, that gambling is great if you're the casino operator, but it's, you can't lose. You open a casino, you cannot lose. I mean... And then most casinos will discount or give away their rooms to high rollers just to get them there. Well, of course, you know, the old, the old story was the guy that comes back to his hometown and says, my God, I was in Vegas. I had a great room. I didn't pay anything. I whined and dined. I had steak and lobster. I saw shows. It cost me nothing. Oh, I lost 12 grand of black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, if you worked it out, the math is $112 for a Diet Coke. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's where the money is, as you said. 20 minutes ago, Vegas was not built on winners. Exactly. And that, that's, that's really what this is all about, George. I, I've, I've gone to full circle. It's 40 plus years in this nonsensical, whacked out, lovely, crazy world of gambling. And I would just 
love to promote the idea that people do go to the casino, do gamble online, sports betting, but just do it for the fun of it. As they say in so many ads that so many casinos use, gambling is just a game. If we could just keep that mindset that it's just a game and it's not a nine-to-five job where you're going to go and make money so you can pay the rent on the first of the month, that would be wonderful. But again, it gets under the skin of six, seven, eight percent of those who do play, and that's when their life ends up in turmoil. That's amazing. Can can an addicted gambler like you did stop cold turkey when you finally decide to? Again, I I, I have flashbacks of, of when it was that I stopped and how I stopped. This might be a great time, George, if you don't mind, for me to uh, to mention just one person, if I may, and I think you already know what I'm going to say and who I'm going to mention in full transparency. Um, my brother, who lives in Los Angeles and who is listening right now in his home. Whom I know, friend, and I know well. Who, what I was going to say is a, is a good friend of George's, and this is how I come to Coast to Coast, and I thank both George and Billy for, for making the marriage and allowing me the wherewithal to come on the air. Billy, along with some family members many, many years ago, fooled me, and thank God they fooled me, and had me fly out to Los Angeles just for a long weekend. Married, kids, and I went. But what I didn't know, and thank God I did not know that, I walked into a family intervention. Uh-huh. I was pinned against the corner by my brother, and some loving cousins, and I had to turn state's evidence. I was I was verbally raped, and I was questioned. I was outed, and my life came crashing down. It was all done out of love, obviously, and caring. My folks knew. My family knew what what it was I was in store for when I when I was going to get to Los Angeles. And that's how my gambling came to a screeching halt, George. And that's that's the best way to describe it, a what, screeching halt. Was it difficult for you to stop? No, because I was more worried about what my family would do to me than, than losing money. Um, mentally, I, I think when I had the intervention done to me, around me, that overtook what I was thinking about on a day-to-day basis. I think by that time, the world of gambling nauseated me. Uh, it really did. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.